0: Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host as always. And this week I'm joined for Board Game Week by my very good friend, Linda Robel, the Mistress of Magnificence, otherwise known as Mom.
1: <laughs> Hello. So good to be back.
0: I know. It's great to have you back. I know you've been, uh, we had to have Amanda fill in for you on the last board game it's episode that you were I was under not the good. weather.
1: Very much under the weather.
0: (laughs) But you're back, and you crazy people are already at the gym because you're nuts.
1: (laughs) We are. We are insane. It's great.
0: You're great. You're absolutely crazy. But speaking of things that are crazy, how about this, everyone? We have a very special guest, my BFF, who hasn't been on the show since September of 2018, I think because I hurt her feelings. Um, But I'm just kidding. It's Dr. Rachel Coward, everybody. It's my BFF. FF how are you
2: Hi I'm so good to be back and I haven't been here for so long cuz you haven't invited me Stephen but you invited me now so here I am
0: <laughs> Okay So let's, let's, let's. That's the elephant in the room. I haven't invited you because you're like, when you first came on, you were just like an author looking for, you know, looking to get on some, on the media circuit. And somehow you ended up on my show. And we became fast friends because we like all the same stuff. Basically, we are BFFs. It was preordained. And then you turned into like this big shot because now (laughs) you're up here. So you, so in the last, Oh, Linda, tell me. I'm not being unnecessarily humble here. The good doctor is the research director for takethis.org. Yes, this wow. is correct. That is true. Which is a very big deal. Very big deal. And also, just yesterday, you were live streaming on Wired's Twitch channel. So, like, that is true. whoa! So, <laughs> like, she's all like, you know, you're not, I'm not. I'm not that like big of a deal. Like, no, you're a very big deal. You're a very big deal. You're very kind. You're very Rolling. kind. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I know. I know. I'm, it, we know. You know it's the bit. I like to be super humble, and it's super cool when, I'm in, when I am in the presence of a rock star, and here I am. So it's board game week. Normally, Dr. Rachel Cowart shows up for video game week because she is – that's like literally what she has her doctorate in is basically video games among other things. But specifically, we're going to talk today about parasocial relationships. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Steve, what the hell is that? Cool. Cool. that's why I brought the expert I, I don't know all this <laughs> stuff that's why I literally brought the expert on the subject so we're going to talk all about what they are why they're, mm-hmm. it's important to know what it is and how to deal with it and I'm not going to go any further because I don't want to steal the Doctor's Thunder so um, the other thing that has happened since September of 2018 is that you have started playing Dungeons and Dragons Doctor.
2: That is true. I did not play Dungeons and Dragons when we first spoke. Um, fun story. I went to PAX West in 2019 and I met Dr. Megan Connell, who is my DM now. And she said... We play a little game called Clinical Role, and it's psychologists who play Dungeons and Dragons and I was like that's cool I've always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons I feel like it was like the fandom I just missed I was never in the right place for it and she was like you should play with us and I'm like I know nothing about it and she's like what better way to learn than live streaming it on Twitch and so I started playing live streaming with professional therapeutic dungeons masters and me. So, yes, it's been it's been a trip.
0: I seem to recall You're missing a little bit of the step. Are you are you are you misremembering the fact that there was the day where you called me and we talked through this and I talked you down off the ledge? Okay, because
2: you did. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you were like, you're fine. You're fine. And I'm like, am I, though?
0: And so I gave you my number and you called me. I did. and And I paced around my backyard Linda. Because you know I can't, this. you can't you know, stand still. I can't stand still while I'm on the phone. <laughs> nope. So I'm pacing in my backyard, um, to all my neighbors, talking to some strange woman, um, and uh, t- and and we, I I got you all. I I like to think that I am solely responsible. You know, I'm just going to take and all the maybe- credit.
2: Uh, You can take the credit for definitely talking me off the edge, because I was like, I don't think I should do this. And you're like, it's fine. It's fine. Just get a D20, and uh, you'll be fine. That's what I said. You're right.
0: You're right. Yeah. Also, I knew that you were exceptionally intelligent, so you were going to be okay. (laughs) I I
2: mean... (laughs) If you go back, though, and watch those original episodes, I still so clearly remember the first episode. And she was like, OK, you have this character. Um, OK, so this this is ha- what does your character say? And I'm like, what do you mean? What does she say? Like, I have to come up with my own dialogue? <laughs> what is
0: this? I mean, yeah. I remember yeah. watching the first episode that you were on oh. because, of course, I did. I needed to be there of to course. support you and uh, for the record I was uh, you are not the first person that I've met through my podcast that I was there for the first Dungeons and Dragons experience because I was there for Zombie Kills for her first oh, and yeah. I was there I offered to be her lifeline because they have a very distinct in that channel they have a no back seating policy so I told her to text me <laughs> if she needed me um, she didn't need me because she did fine just like you did everyone's first game of Dungeons and Dragons is terrible Linda's yeah. first Dungeons and Dragons game really terrible. wasn't even DD I made her go LARPing for her very first game
2: (laughs) oh my gosh just to throw her in the deep end Ba-
1: basically, I, I yeah. went deep in and then slowly have dug myself, like swam <laughs> sure, back to the yeah. shallow end <laughs> from the doggy paddle. It's, yeah. it's been yeah.
0: an adventure. Oh, goodness. I'm just so excited that you're here, Doc. Um, yeah. And so you she said on Twitter, listen, guys, you got a month before I'm not going on any shows for a, a considerable amount of time. And I was like, well, I guess once something becomes scarce, that's when you, you're like, all right, you got to get moving. So that's thank you very true. much for coming on. It's board game week. so. Because we have a special guest, we're going to hold off on around the horn stuff and you know talk about some of the board games we've been playing until next week or rather the next board game episode. And so I want to talk about a Kickstarter that I found. And I know we don't normally plug Kickstarters, but this one was so cool and so topical that I thought I would bring it up. And so it's a Kickstarter. The good news is, unlike the one that I found last time that was, like, over before we published, this one still has three weeks. And I know this because I literally just read that it's 23 days. I have a problem with finding Kickstarters that are almost over and then being super excited to talk about it on the podcast. Linda is getting better at double-checking me. Um, so it's a process. This, yeah, it's, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> so this one is... And I'm going to we're going to play the game where I'm going to pitch this to you guys because I want to see what you guys think. It's called Coyote and Crow, the role playing game. So this is a science fiction and fantasy tabletop RPG set in a near future where the Americas were never colonized, created by a team of natives. Just that That elevator pitch alone.
2: Yeah,
1: that's intriguing. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, I saw this and I was like, OK, show me more. This was one of those Facebook ads where I was like, all right, you got me. <laughs> I click. at this least want to
1: read. I need to read more now. I yep. need to see yeah. this.
0: So this is what I really appreciate about it is that it's created by a team of Native Americans that is designed – not only to be a game that that they can enjoy, but also for non-natives to kind of get in and to be able to participate in a game that's like that without some of the baggage that might come from it being written by non-native people, right? So it's not tropey and it's not, you know, (laughs) that by itself sounds awesome. You know, I don't think anybody's going to be learning native culture from this, but I think we can, you know, I think this is the fact that it's being written by the right folks already puts it a step above a lot of some of the adventures that we've seen. And I know that there have been quote unquote, like native American supplements written before, but they were likely written by people who looked very much like me. And uh, while I'm sure that they were done with the best of intentions, um, it probably didn't work out. So the, the thing that I really liked about it, and I'm going to actually, put a link to the campaign in the show notes is the way they did the map because this is a a near future North America and so you would expect to just see a map of the United States and Canada but what they did is they played with perspective and literally flipped it upside down and I don't know if you've ever ever done that but it really does make it look like a completely (laughs) it makes it look like a (laughs) excuse me, an alien world. I'm actually going to share the screen with you two just so you guys can see it. Oh, wow. So yeah, all they did was just take North America and flip it upside down. But if you looked at it very quickly, it looks like a fantasy world, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. The, the bit is that 700 years ago, this purple energy flew through the sky and a, And essentially caused its own weird version of the ice age. And so now that Mm it's 700 years, which puts us into the near future, colonization never happened because of this purple energy, et cetera. And I'm oversimplifying it. But the idea is, and this is something they call out in all of their literature, is that this is not a dystopia. Because a lot of people think near future, you know, stuff like that. It's a, you know, this is intended to be a science fantasy game. So there is technology. And, but there is also magic. And this is just this super cool idea. The character creation system is, it uses a D12 system, which is Mm. uh, not something that we are, because all three of us typically use Mm. D20 systems. So it's a little bit different, just right on its face, because you're using D12s. But there are a whole bunch of unique classes and unique paths. And what's really interesting about this is you don't gain levels. Really? What you do is you tell your story. Mm, And as you tell your story, that impacts your uh, it, it actually kind of impacts your power. And another thing I really like about it is that you choose gifts and burdens and the list that you use is the same so for example you might have a sister like that you have a sister and that could either be a gift for a reason or a burden for a reason and the list is at the very least there's a significant amount of overlap and that is so cool the Mm. idea of creating characters where the same type of thing could be both good and bad which is absolutely true right so I think this is super fascinating. They're still designing the character sheet, so you know there's no point to really paying much attention to that. You know, graphic designers are gonna have a field day trying to put all this on there. But this is a um, this is a very cool pro uh, program. <laughs> this is a very cool campaign world that I. Absolutely, want to dive into do some one shots stuff like that. This is, this sounds really really cool. That sounds and, really neat. Yeah, I want right? to play this. I know. We're playing this, is, this, by the way. We'll we do this. We'll this. stream this, right? Well, well uh, I mean, maybe. You know, we're the one we have to stream is that summer the the one. Doctor.
1: Oh, yes. The the, the,
0: the two summers or something. What was it? Yeah, we'll have to have you on for this one. Maybe we'll do a lot. You can be one of the people that live streams with us. It's a a game that is coming in this summer. That is, uh, it's a tabletop role playing game where you play two summers one as Mm. a group of young teenagers exploring (laughs) your hometown, and then another one 30 years later as adults revisiting that same place. Is there a
2: scary clown?
0: No, <laughs> okay. not like it. More okay. like what happens yeah. if the Goonies went back.
2: Interesting. That sounds and cool. And
0: it sounds it's meant to be a very wholesome and it's meant to be like wholesome hijinks and shenanigans. We all know about shenanigans now because we watched WandaVision. So we all <laughs> know what shenanigans means. So that so anyway, we'll have to have you we'll have to have you show up wow. for that. Um we'll don't worry. We'll hold off until you're uh, back in uh, working condition. Yeah. So I know you're taking some time off so you can play final fantasy 15. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah. Priorities.
0: I know. Listen, <laughs> I mean, I, I know what people are going to be telling you to do, whether you do it or not. I don't know, but I know what people are. Gonna I be
2: mean, I've them. been doing the seven remake.
0: I know. I uh, Fifteen, But yes. Um, how far along, total sidebar, how far along Final Fantasy Seven Remake are you?
2: Not, embarrassingly, not far enough. That's right. okay, you're further than I am.
0: Are you, okay. I mean, she's always going to be farther <laughs> than you are. Yeah, I know. Like, you're not going to play. Um, have you gotten to the part where you're like, wow, they got the ESRB rating wrong on this one? Because I got uh, there pretty quick.
2: I've gone to the part where you're about to take uh, Tifa on a date, but I haven't taken her on the date yet. I'm like at
0: the very. Oh, not- um... Yeah, that's that's a respectable amount of time, by the way, considering how busy you are. So I am pretty busy. Anyway, not that was a non sequitur, and we <laughs> so we don't talk about Final Fantasy VII remake a huge amount on the show because it's not family friendly. No, it's not. Well, it's more fan. It's <laughs> as we talked about last week. We, we think that God of War is more f- family friendly than Final Fantasy VII remake. That's a that's a topic for another show.
1: That is another um, topic.
0: So that's Coyote and Crow. It's on Kickstarter. I'm going to put that in the show notes and I will be talking about it when the book comes in looks like it's scheduled to come in in December which is probably enough time for shipping to not be super terrible and ruin everything Uh, it 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 funded in 45 minutes wow and uh, has already raised half a million dollars so I mean content bloat is a thing but this is a tabletop role playing game so I'm not worried it's not like they have to make a million mini things right so that is the uh, that's our Kickstarter for the week. Now, Rachel, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons a little bit more. Yes. I'm sorry, Dr. Coward. <laughs> um know. I know you don't you don't come at me when I call you the wrong title, but I make it a point because you, you did do. earn it. So I did. you told us a story of how you got started. So you've been playing with the clinical role team. That campaign, the initial campaign is over, correct?
2: Um, it's not over yet
0: Oh, I thought
2: It is okay. winding down It's going okay. to end this year
0: Alright, I heard it was a, I heard it was ending I assumed that that it's, had occurred already It is so
2: ending, no, it has not occurred I have left the campaign now for maternity leave um, I'm going to come back in the summer For the final two or three episodes So they have given me A kind of a side quest to go off on my own The other characters are going yeah. off uh, their way And then we'll meet up for the final battle at the end
0: Cool, cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And so, are you guys going to do another one? Like, when this season's over, are you going to make more characters and do this again? Are you going to do this again, I, or do you not want to um, talk about it? You can say you don't want to talk about we it. Now talk I can talk about it.
2: The um, <laughs> clinical role will live on, but with a different cast.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. More psychology nerds. It turns there's out there's a lot nerd. of you. There, there's a lot.
2: There's a few. <laughs>
0: I tried to follow a bunch of you because you always you retweet such interesting people, and then I realized that man, there's a lot of you psychology nerds. I mean that respectfully.
2: Yeah, but I mean, there's more now than there was. You know, when I started back in my day, there was no one. So it's very exciting to see that there's more uh, interest in the field of of games and psychology for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Now that you're a pro Dungeons and Dragons player. Okay, sure. What is it that keeps you coming back? You know, why do you, I mean, because I'm sure they don't, you know, like aren't threatening your life to keep playing, you know?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I play Dungeons and Dragons The people I play with is what keeps me coming back. I'm not sure it would have been as enjoyable of an experience if it wasn't with with the people that I share the table with. They made it very welcoming. They were um, very kind to me. Every time I said, what dice do I roll? And they every time said it's the 20 um, they said it with love <laughs> and they never they never like judged me and, and they were always so wonderful I think because they are professional uh, therapeutic dungeon masters they work a lot with teenagers they do a lot of it educationally so it was like the best possible group they could have thrown me into um, I mean I will play D&D again someday I've played one offs with different people before but I mean the extended campaign I mean it was it's been very special with them. I'm. I'm not sure it would have to be really the right group of people to get me to keep coming back for an extended campaign. All right. So like me. <laughs> like <laughs> you and Linda. I mean, it would have to be a really, a really special group. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Right. <laughs> not just any old person off
0: the street. I'm um, all right. That's fair. You're not gonna just roll into roll twenty. You're not gonna hop onto roll twenty and just join a, ra- join a random pickup group.
2: Definitely. I mean, to be I'm fair, like- I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> Uh, but some family. people would, and and that and that's their jam. But you know, like Jasper's game week is a big fundraiser um, that goes on. It, it happened two weeks ago, I think, and I was asked to take part in a charity one-off. You know, with people that I didn't know, and and that's fun. Um,
0: but yeah,
2: every week you really gotta you really gotta love the people to come back every week.
0: That's fair. That's fair, and I agree. That is one of the reasons why I do it. Um, you know, if I wasn't running for my friends, I don't know that I would, because I'm a, I'm a forever DM. So, um, if it weren't for the fact that I was trying, to, you know, working quote unquote to entertain my friends, I wouldn't do it. Right. You know, right. So I, I absolutely. I mean, that's one of the best parts about games, right? The whole social aspect. You know, that's like a pseudo segue into our future topic. But the idea of building relationships with people while we play games is I mean that's sure. You talk I mean you talk on Twitter about that at least once or twice a day where you talk about you. the the value of, of the relationships we form, be they digital or mm-hmm. otherwise.
2: do i get on that soapbox a lot because i mean i feel like games and friendships made through games are devalued all the time um whereas they can be really wonderful social resources they can be great places to maintain and make friendships closer like the people i play D D with when i first started i didn't know them at all and now we're like super tight Friends for Life. Um, it really does bond you in a different way. You know, when when you're on your pirate ship in the high seas and there's another band of pirates that come and they come and help you defend your ship, I mean that's true love. I mean, you can't put a price on that.
0: You definitely can't. <laughs> I should do a pirate ship thing with us, Linda. I'm
2: a pirate captain in my DNA. You are a pirate captain. I oh, remember you I
0: told me that. Yes. And I was so excited to help you build your pirate captain. Yes. The, She's awesome that that whole power of friendship thing and it especially this year because so many people you know have leaned into discomfort and let their kids play online games that they might not necessarily have let them do you know i know there's tons of kids playing roblox and fortnite and minecraft where their parents previously were not interested in that just because they need their kids to have an opportunity to talk to somebody so I totally every time I hit that retweet button really, really fast <laughs> when you say that stuff, because it it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I man, I can't wait to be able to play in person with people again Um I know. Although I will say, you know, Linda and I and all of us have slowly figured out that the the uh, the the trappings of being able to play digi- uh, Dungeons and Dragons digitally have actually made our game a lot smoother. So I have a feeling we're going to continue that even and and then just party when we actually get together and party. Who knows? So, give me a big party when it happens though. Oh man, listen. <laughs> oh man, you're obviously welcome, Doc. We would never exclude you. Oh, thanks. I would never. Thanks. Be a heck of a commute, <laughs> but not as bad as when you were in Texas.
2: No, closer. I'm closer now.
0: I know. I know. I keep I keep threatening her Linda that I'm just going to come visit. And it wouldn't be and weird you can. at all.
2: And they won't let you
0: in right now, but I can. mean Okay, when I was making those jokes, it was before we were living through the yeah. Fire Nation attacking. <laughs> All right, we do a new segment on this show, which neither – which, by the way, uh, Linda hasn't even been taking part in this. So
2: So new. No one's so new.
0: (laughs) So new. So new has been just me and Amanda. So uh, Mm -hmm. we still have not heard back from our attorneys on whether or not we can call these things what they actually are. And the reason we haven't heard back is because I haven't asked because that costs money. But what we're going to do is we're going to call it a word fill-in puzzle. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
0: for everybody listening – you know, you will know exactly what we are doing within moments of us doing it. So, uh, Linda and Doctor, uh, I am going to go back and forth between the two of you.
2: All right. Oh,
0: um, asking for words to fill into this. And then at the end, I will demonstrate my brilliant voice acting capabilities. This is like an audition for me. So we're going to use a book of these word fill in puzzles that is specifically Dungeons and Dragons licensed. Exciting. Should be fun. Doc, you're the guest. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. I okay. would like a part of the body. Hand. Hand. Linda, I would like an adjective. Purple.
2: Something wrong with that hand. It's
0: and then, <laughs> I mean, listen, who knows? This is Dungeons and Dragons. I would like a noun, Dr. Rachel Coward. Uh, ship. We were just talking about pirates. It's on my mind now. Perfect. Good. You never know when that's going to be appropriate. Linda, I would like another adjective. Spiky.
2: Mm. (laughs) Good choice.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Dr. Richard Coward, I would like a verb in the past tense, please. Placed. Placed.
1: This is gonna be amazing. <laughs>
0: okay. It took me a second to remember how to spell placed. This is, this is a bad sign, guys. Uh, um. Oh, okay. Linda, I would like you to choose. I would like you to tell me the. Uh, you have to give me the name of a person on this call. Oh
1: jeepers! Um, Steve, you're gonna you're gonna be on yeah. deck on this one. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I would have picked him
0: too. Uh, it, this will actually be very appropriate uh, when awesome. we get there. So, uh, Dr. Richard Coward, I would like an adjective from you. Adjective
2: uh, pretty.
0: Pretty. It feels like an, a weaponized adjective. <laughs> um, and Linda, I would like a noun. Uh, and now my mind goes blank. Cup. Okay. There we go. Cup. Okay. <laughs> and Dr. Richard Coward, I would also like a noun from you shoe shoe okay and Linda I would like a celebrity hmm. and Dr. Rachel Coward is acceptable in the sense if you want to <laughs> no. get-
1: you know what I think that was just make it funny since we already got you in this what yeah. fill in the blank <laughs> got two out of three two out of three ain't bad
0: <laughs> and in our eyes you are a celebrity
2: oh thank you
0: And now that I've buttered you up, I need another adjective. (laughs) Another
2: (laughs) adjective, um,
0: rough. Rough, Okay. And Linda, I would like a noun. We're almost there, by the way. Um, blanket. Hmm. And doctor, I would like a verb ending in ING whistling <laughs> okay linda i would like a plural form of an animal
1: you're gonna love this one deer
0: deer that works it's very on brand coming out of your house it
1: really is
0: and uh, doctor i would like an adjective gray gray and Linda I would like An exclamation Huzzah
2: I was gonna That's what I was thinking That's what I was
0: thinking Very and, appropriate uh, Doc Let's bring it Just bring it all home I would like A noun Axe Alright <clears throat>
2: Alright This Here is your audition Stephen.
0: The subject Of this Is The first Campaign Mmm All right. So the party stood shoulder to hand at the opening of a purple cave. (laughs) Terra ship crusher, the spiky dwarf warrior, placed towards the entrance. But then Stephen, the cleric, held her back. Hmm. I sense a pretty energy coming from in there. (laughs) The cleric whispered as the light atop his cup flickered. (laughs) Tara gripped her two-handed shoe And smirked We'll take care of it She said Then Dr. Rachel Cowart Forest Keep The rough (laughs) elven rogue Appeared from behind Her cloak of blanket Don't be so sure She murmured Whistling a knife In her hand (laughs) Suddenly, eight ferocious deer bolted out of the cave with gray intent. Tara squealed with delight. Huzzah, it's time for axe. <laughs> that was
2: fantastic. That's
0: great.
2: The shoe is the best weapon, but I'm glad in the end the axe
0: came. Yeah, the axe showed up. Yeah, it was time for the axe, but you know, it's a two handed shoe. It was really important. Also, Dr. Rachel Coward Forest Keep, I think, is, I mean, that that's a pretty good. It the is. elven, uh, the elven rogue.
2: Yeah, with blankets. With the, I mean, I'm basically wearing a blanket right now, so that. Yeah, that's okay.
0: That's, not, that's yeah. okay. It's it's time and you're in the frozen north, even norther than Jeff of the frozen north. So, <laughs> Jeff hosts the EFG show with me, and I call him Jeff from the frozen north because he's from Michigan. So, oh. um,
2: I'm yes, more north than that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, everybody. Thank you for indulging us in our little, fun little word fill-in game. So again, I don't know if I can call them what they actually are. I will be asking in the community, and you can get there by going to engagefamilygaming.com slash community for suggestions for nouns and verbs. You know, get the people involved. And so if you want to be able to help provide those, head on into our community and give us your guesses. So... Now that we've played our games, we've talked about some Kickstarters. Now it's time to get down to business. It's time to do Mm. the work, as it were. Doc, you have dedicated the month of March to talking about parasocial relationships. I'm going to admit to you that I did not hear this word at all until you told me about it. Not me, but like the world about Mm it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a handful of months ago and you were on a panel, which was Mm -hmm. one of the most important things that I have ever watched. I'm not even joking. Why don't you – and I'm going to be sharing that video and making content around that panel because I think Mm -hmm. it was – that's how important it was. Why don't you start by telling us what in the world is a parasocial (laughs) relationship?
2: Um, A parasocial relationship is a one-sided, intimate connection that you have traditionally with a media performer. So it is the relationship that I have with Henry Cavill, right? I feel like I know him because I watch The Witcher or I watch behind the scenes in The Witcher or I just watch anything he's in. So I feel like I have a relationship with him, but he doesn't know who I am. Right? So you're extending, a person is extending emotional energy and interest and time into the other person, but the other person, the persona, does not know that the other person exists.
0: Cool. And this is not a new concept. Right?
2: No. So this term was developed in the 1950s to explain how we uh, feel about television personalities, but it also explains how we feel about our favorite sports teams or our favorite rock
0: stars or our favorite movie stars. So it's possible. So it, it just drawing a connection, when I refer to the New England Patriots as us and I include myself in that and I say we need to do this, that's kind of the same thing, right? You know, like we um, need it to, is
2: related.
0: Yes. Related. Oh, is there another equally – we don't have to go there. There's another, That's another flavor of crazy when I say we and i <laughs> to – None difficulty. of these are
2: flavors of, of any kind of psychosis. I mean that's more like community identity and community
0: yeah, support.
2: But this would be like if you saw Jimmy Fallon on the street and you were like, oh, Jimmy Fallon. Like you have this idea of who he is because you watch him every night on TV. But he'd be like, I don't know who you are.
0: Yeah. Which is all the more common because of the prevalence of YouTube and social media influencers that really do kind of go out of their way as part of their content to create a, you know, to kind of let people in right I mean that's
2: yeah so the panel that you're talking about we did a panel um on parasocial relationships in streaming and actually so this month on site guys on my youtube channel coming up uh, in a couple of weeks I have a video about I make a case that parasocial relationships are slightly different with streamers because we traditionally think of them as one-way relationships but with streamers I argue it's more of a -a one-and-a-half-way relationship because you are able to interact with them I can go into somebody's stream and say hey how you doing and they get say, oh, look, psyche is here, and they can speak back to me, which is not something we've traditionally had with these kind of relationships that you have with celebrities. Um, but at the base layer, they are the saying, you still feel like you know this person perhaps even more so, whereas the streamer does not know who you are.
0: Yeah,
1: I find this just so fascinating because I have a psychology minor from my education studies, and obviously it was focused more on development, but in my studies, I don't remember ever encountering this and this kind of channel of study um, yeah. in in development. I mean, obviously it's a, d- a very specific field within yes. psychology, but I just find it interesting that that, that wasn't something – that I had gotten exposed to, especially being an older concept.
2: Yes. I think that really it's, it's quite unique if to media studies. Like I don't think, cause right. I also, in my bachelor's very traditional, very developmental cognitive mm-hmm. psychology uh, right. also didn't come across it. I only came across it way later in grad school. Which so. is so interesting, which makes sense. The more you delve into
1: something, the more you're going to find these more nuanced terms. You know? Yes.
2: And, 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 and then even when I found it, I was like, yeah like how come I've never heard of this before like this is right. something that it's a really good psychology term because it's something everyone can relate to absolutely and that's funny
1: when so when Steve introduced the topic I immediately went to, to research it because I'm like I don't if this is the first thing you like I don't know this term I want to become at least roughly knowledgeable about what it yeah. is and when I first saw that it was an older term it's like oh I know interesting yeah I know <laughs> You know, because now we're talking about a term that's you know, cheaper. Uh, you know, seventy years old. It's old. That's still really <laughs> relevant. I don't want to and, talk about that. You know, <laughs> but honestly, more relevant. And like you said, I love the per- the idea of the one and a half. Yeah, because uh, in traditionally, the only way you could reach out in the in the fifties was to write a letter. Right, which they so may they, or may not respond. To. Right, they may or may not respond to. They might, you know, depending. Yeah, but it's like now because of the social media options, not that they necessarily will see it in the
2: flood of messages, Mm -hmm. but there's a possibility. There's absolutely a possibility. And, And I think it's really important to have this discussion, especially with content creators, because then it's like, how do you navigate the boundaries? That's really what the panel is about. So when you go to PAX and you're a very popular streamer, and all these people walk up to you saying, feeling like they know you, um, it's hard because you wanna foster a community. And maybe some screen names you recognize, maybe some are your moderators, maybe some are are regulars, Um, but still for the vast majority, they are strangers. Um, So that's really kind of a weird, new, strange social situation that content creators have to navigate. It is a very delicate one to navigate.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, sure. and I think for me, it's one that I think, and the reason why I wanted to have you on outside of the fact that you're a genius and I want you on the show as often as I possibly can get you here. But when I'm not too intimidated to ask is that especially in this last year, right? I mean, we all know, we've, you know, we, you know, me and Rachel, because uh, Linda, you probably didn't see these, but we've seen the stats, right? Like, we know that like, Twitch and YouTube, their numbers have just blasted off, and there's all sorts of yeah. streamers that started, like, this year that are, you know, their numbers are increasing, and the chances are good that your kid is watching more of this content and is developing these kinds of relationships. So mm-hmm. I think it is important for us as parents who are more engaged, right? Like That's our audience here is mm-hmm. people who are, you know, at the very least games adjacent who want to help our kids engage appropriately with the games they play. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's important for us to know and understand the kind of relationships that our kids are forming with these strangers. Right. And so that we can help navigate that and also help encourage the right behaviors. Because Mm -hmm. just like you had a panel that was all about, you know, that was for streamers. It was for content creators. Mm -hmm. That's why I went in outside of wanting to support you. You know, Mm -hmm. I went in because I am a content creator. And... I mean I record in my living room and I take pictures of my kids and mm-hmm. they help produce content for me like they are a part of what I produce and so um you know and I have these relationships with you know with people that I would I would hesitate to call fans right the, but I probably shouldn't right and so um you know I have to deal with it as a content creator but you know we have mm-hmm. to deal with our kids I I use an example of myself as and, – and I use bad examples of my own behavior and it crystallized so – like in the middle of that. Like I felt like you dumped cold water on me and you weren't – and you didn't mean to. But I'll tell the story. So I go to E3 or I went twice and I went to LA and IGN, which is the Imagine Games Network, huge site – goes and they would go and they would have a huge booth in the middle of the floor and they bring their entire staff to go work and so if you wanted to meet them you could and I went and one of the guys I know he is a dad he talks about his kids on his podcast all the time we're literally the same age and I asked him you know we t- I met him on the floor and introduced myself as a fan and you know talked about what I do and you know and then I asked him do you miss your kids because I do And he made like a really weird face and the conversation kind of ended. And I meant it just as like a dad solidarity thing. Mm -hmm. But like for him, the sense I got is that I like crossed a a line. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know. I mean, he could very well have just had an appointment. (laughs) because they were all very yeah. busy. But right. that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, you listen to these people every week. You hear them tell their stories. And so f- for you, they're like your BFF, right? Yeah. Like you know them, you know everything about them and what they're doing. Yeah. But they have no idea who you are. And right. I think it's the same thing with what our kids, watching our kid. you know, they watch Dan TDM put up a YouTube video every week and he talks about stuff and they know that he had a baby and all this stuff. But like to him, you're kind of faceless. Right. Exactly. So what so what are some having these relationships is not a problem. And I think that's probably right. Like, it's not abnormal. Right. Like, this is just the way. So.
2: Correct. So uh, historically, parasocial relationships were viewed as pathological and symptomatic of loneliness, uh, social anxiety, isolation. But if you look at the research, no relationship, no correlations have been found between loneliness and the intensity of a viewer's parasocial relationship. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, and you mentioned this like during COVID quarantine, parasocial relationships can really bridge a gap. Um, so I've talked about this in several, several of my YouTube videos, because I can't stop talking about animal crossing. Um, but we also form parasocial relationships with fictional characters like our animal neighbors in animal crossing. So the sense of, uh, Judy is asking, you know, why haven't I seen you in a long time? There's cockroaches in your house. Like, these relationships, we're happy to see them. They send us letters. They send us gifts. We form these emotional attachments with our animal neighbors in Animal Crossing. We know they're not real people. We know they're NPCs. They're, they're computer-generated. Um, but the sense of emotional closeness and camaraderie and all of the emotions associated with it are very, very real. There's this brilliant study that I cite Anytime I can from Emery Daniel and David Westerman, who looked at how emotions were expressed on Twitter following the death of Jon Snow on Game of Thrones. And what they found is the, the sentiments expressed followed the same stages of grief, the seven stages of grief that we see when when someone, our family member dies or a close friend dies. So these parasocial relationships, while well, they aren't real, like Jon Snow's not real, he didn't really die, the emotions associated with how we feel towards them uh, are analogous to the emotions that we have with our real relationships. And so I think that's a really important point to make when we have children in quarantine and isolation and they're playing Animal Crossing and they're really enjoying hanging out with their neighbors. It's serving a social function. It's not... Just you know, a flippant. What is this weird game with animal neighbors in it? Like they are serving some kind of social function.
0: Do I have to put a spoiler warning for Game of Thrones in my podcast? Oh my god! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. That was a joke. You know what, Mike? It's been enough years. My kids (laughs) have the same. I don't even know what the is there an an official statute of limitations anymore. Um, my kids feel the same way about their pets in Minecraft.
2: Yes, perfect example. It's perfect example.
0: Um, You know, especially, you know, I I mean, especially since within the last handful of months, you know, we lost our pet. Right. So like them having that, you know, there's a reason that they have a creative world with literally just a pit of llamas and sheep and birds.
2: There's a reason Tamagotchis were big back in my day.
0: You know, they brought those back. I heard. I heard. Yeah. Now we can get Fitbits and we can be the stupid thing we take care of <laughs> with a digital device. Yeah. So
1: I feel called out with that.
0: Yeah. Know. <laughs> you know what? If you want to be called out by that, you're certainly welcome to. And you know what? You, we talk about parasocial relationships with fictional characters as you are drinking out of a baby Yoda cut. Um, I mean, how many people view him as their child?
2: His name is Grogu. Uh, yes. And I love him.
0: Um, I know. First off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Dr. explain Grogu to me. I know who. I know his actual name. Uh, I star Wars is children's programming in this house. And so I let the children decide his name and they have decided that he is still baby Yoda. I
2: mean, my, my children, I, this is the cup that I drink water out of 99% of the time. stay hydrated. It's important. Um, and my kids will be like, uh, I'll be like, can you go get my cup? And they're like, Oh, the baby Yoda cup. I'm like, yes, baby Yoda. Cup.
1: It's all right. I have some students that are huge fans and I, I try, I'm like, no, no, Grogu.
2: You guys yeah. can say this. So, you can say this. So it's gonna nope. be Baby Yoda. Nope. It's Baby Yoda. I <laughs> You know what? I can't.
0: That I am looking forward to the like the marketing studies on like just just all the stuff. Like the, somebody's gonna write a white paper about the power of that, like the Baby Yoda brand versus like they gave him a name. Like it's gonna be really interesting. Um, well,
2: that's why it says the child. This was before I got this before the name was even revealed, right? Yeah. So now they have all this merch and don't even have his name uh, on it.
0: My oldest was very concerned when they named him that, like, what are they going to reprint all the boxes for the Funko Pops? Because you yeah. can't take them out. You can't take Funko Pops out of the box, even though I'm, I take things out of the box. But he was very concerned <laughs> that they were going to have to reprint it. I'm like, no, they'll just put out new ones.
2: Wait, we got it. Wait, how many Funko Pops do you have?
0: Believe it or not, not that many. I have like four. OK,
2: Linda, how many Funko Pops do you have? Um, you're
1: going to be shocked. I have two, and they came with a board game. That's it. I have none <laughs> okay, not, a so, not a
2: cluster.
0: So I have a, a Cyclops. I so have too much have stuff. <laughs> this is the 90s Cyclops, by the way. So because I recognize fully that Funko Pops are a problem, okay?
2: Yes, this is why I'm um, bringing-
0: so – and I I definitely have a parasocial relationship with Cyclops, 100%. He does not know who I am, but I – he is my brother in arms. So I have long since been like – I have imaginary – like an imaginary roster of this is the Funko Pops I will allow myself to purchase. And I'm very careful because they're they're not – well, right now I have – Cyclops, And I have Moon Knight. I have Jazz because, of course, I have Jazz. He's my favorite Transformer. And <laughs> Jazz Funko Pop. yeah, I have a Jazz Funko Pop and uh, a Vision because, of course, of course I have, you have vision. vision. Well, because Vision, this has been a very special time for me because That's Vision fun. is my favorite superhero of all time. So this has been very special for me, and painful. Well, no spoilers, I guess we'll talk about that later. But yeah. the all y'all people sad about Jon Snow dying. Let me talk to you about watching people die. No,
2: we can't talk about WandaVision. That's
0: the I'm talking about Endgame. I'm talking about Endgame. He oh, died okay. in Endgame. Yeah. Um, I think so, we're outside the statue
1: limitation for Endgame. It, it's kind
0: of <laughs> so, um, but. But now that I saw all the – speaking of WandaVision, they – as the weeks have gone by, have been revealing the WandaVision Funko Pops, of which there are many. And the one that I – like I I looked at it and I was like, I think I need all of them. Like I think I literally –
2: Don't. Look. I went to the Funko Pop factory.
0: I guess it's the factory.
2: And I went with a bunch of people that I go to PAX with and they all bought, I don't know, a billion Funko Pops. And I'm like, what are you gonna do? I bought one and I only bought one because I was at the factory. Not that I wanted one, not that I care about them. And yes, they're cool. They have Hamilton ones. I'm a huge Hamilton fan. But uh, you gotta, you gotta know Funko Pops. You gotta rein it in.
0: Did my wife contact you?
2: She didn't. Like, has the general, that.
0: like, has the general, like, signed up on Twitter and, like, met, tried no. to get you to. <laughs> I mean,
2: no. First off... <laughs> when I went to the factory, I was really surprised. Like, they, the like, baskets full. It's like, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, we're not going to open them. <laughs> okay. Um, and we're just going to have them on a shelf. I
0: do yeah. So I open them. I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you on Twitter. So I'm very – like I said, I'm very specific. And this is totally – welcome to Funko Pop, the engaged family. The Funko Pop Corner. Funko Pop
1: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. fine.
0: They're used to me going on random tangents. Um, I only get Funko Pops for characters that are really important to me, you know, talking about being able to be – have a parasocial relationship with a character yeah. – th- with a fictional character, you know, like yeah. – th- these are, you know, like I have many jazz figures. I have one right here, you know, like it, these are but see, characters I understand
2: that, are- that. Or like Cyclops. Cyclops is like your, like I totally get that. I I don't get the people who cuz like I could buy every Funko Pop. I like The Child. I like The Cast of Hamilton. I like WandaVision. I like Star Wars. Like I could buy them all. But then to yeah. what
0: end? Yeah. Right. Well, they're you're right. That's why I've been very limited. Yeah. Um also, running a website and podcast is very expensive. So that has helped me. Um yeah, they're not cheap. They're no. you know, they're not. Well and that's the thing, they do add up. So back to the task at hand. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we've we've established That that is not inappropriate for, and it is perfectly normal to have these types of relationships with, um, you know, with you know the content creators that we consume. This is normal, and I think a really good. I mean, you made the comparison uh, at the very beginning. It wasn't really a comparison, but you used yourself as an example. Your (laughs) friendship with uh, Henry Cavill. I use that. I mean, it's more than a
2: friendship.
0: No. I mean, you guys are. I mean. I know I'm with you it, on that one. <laughs> I <pretty> recognize. <laughs> yeah. I recognize that he's very important to you, and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not here to judge anyone, but I think everybody has somebody that they, you know, that that they feel the same way, right? Like that okay. there are people or celebrities or athletes that yes. they know everything about, especially if you you know follow these people on Instagram, you know, you know, everything about them, um, yeah. you know, because of how they, you know, because of the way people share things, you know, and it, it really listening to all of this and thinking of some of the content creators that I, you know, think about and that I talk about as though they are my friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like I talk about Greg Miller all, all the time and he's just a YouTuber, you know, whatever. He has literally no idea who I am. And that's OK. Like, it's not, you know, it's not yes. there's no pathology there. But let's say I'm a parent and my child starts talking about a YouTuber as though they're homies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, clearly, it's a good idea to talk to them about that relationship, though. Right. Like we should, you know, talk about boundaries and things like that.
2: Absolutely. So it's important to recognize that these these friendships, uh, these relationships are are real, right? I feel like like busy Phillips, I, I follow her on Instagram. She does videos all the time about her and her like I feel like I know a lot about her life and her children and and the work that she's doing. But it's important to know that if I came across her on the street, She does not know me. (laughs) So it's important to speak with your children. Like uh, it's great that you like this YouTuber. It's cool that this YouTuber shares so much information about their lives, but keep in mind that there are certain social boundaries. This person is still a a celebrity for all intensive purposes, right? This person is a persona. Um, They don't know who you are. And if you, ever encounter them on the streets. Um, you, 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 I think the key is that you shouldn't expect anything in return. And that was really kind of the takeaway of the panel that we did about streamers, that people f- start to feel entitled to your time or to your friendship, or they're like, hey, we're friends. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're, you're actually not really mm-hmm. friends, but it's great that we can feel socially connected and share this space together.
0: I agree with that. I think that there's, it kind of follows kind of the same path of, you know, we want, if we're going to be games adjacent and be engaged with our kids, then we know what they play and we should play with them. We should know what they watch and watch with them. And, you know, we should know how they interact with their streamers and, you know, kind of talk to them about that, too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the likelihood of our kids bumping into some random, you know, YouTube streamer or, you know, Twitch streamer, not very high. However, you know, their behavior in the chat or in their discord. Yes. And it's pretty important. I think the discord is is almost more relevant just because those are you know, those are interactive spaces, you know, they're not performing in their discord. You know, th- there could be some level of detachment when you're streaming. I mean, I have started streaming world of Warcraft on Mondays and if you want to check it out, you can go and twitch.tv <laughs> slash engage family gaming. Um, you know, we do old stuff, but the like, but while I'm, per, you know, while I'm streaming, I'm kind of performing. Right. So I'm a little detached yeah. from the chat, but in my discord, you know, if somebody really wanted to DM me or at me in the Discord over and over and over again. They could do so, and I've, you know, I've definitely seen, been in some Discords where there were some people that were behaving that way. Where it was like, hey, you know, I'm in your Discord, I sub to you, mm-hmm. um, that, so that, I should incredible. get your time, yeah, right, yeah. And it's like so five we, bucks.
1: Yeah, Go ahead, yeah. Linda. I was gonna say, so yeah. how do we help our children navigate? Because you say, like, talk to them about it, but how can we help them navigate that to avoid feelings of entitlement? Like, you know, besides awareness, is there any other yeah. strategies that we could teach them or, or make available to them?
2: I mean, I really think it is about awareness and, and that, like, puts the nail on the head. Like, it's about understanding that these relationships are not two-way, like a relationship okay. that you have with your friend down the street. And and I think the other point I really want to make for parents, um, not just that these relationships aren't pathological, but there is research to indicate that these relationships actually have can help reduce depression and anxiety and increase sense of social connectedness. It can be a safe environment to practice social skills, to gain confidence. I mean, there's a lot of good things about these relationships. Um, but again, they are one way relationships. Right. I think it is just about awareness and, and just boundaries, social boundaries. Okay. Letting them know what to expect from this too. Yes, yes what just, right, just because you sub, I've seen a lot of a lot of people being like, Well, I sub to you, right? What just what Stephen was saying. It's yeah. like, Well then don't sub to me because you this doesn't right. entitle you to my time or my attention. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you support me. I'm so happy to have this community. I'm so happy to have you here and it's wonderful. But I'm also like a person, a performer,
0: right? Yeah, there's, uh, I, I'm in the World of Warcraft community and I actually backed a, a supported a guy on Patreon because I'm terrible at playing my class because, as we all know, I am <laughs> hilariously bad at playing video games. And so I supported this guy who's this, apparently this genius. And I mean this not even sarcastically. He really knows his stuff and I walk – you know, whatever. And so uh, one of the things you get is you get to – you support him at like five bucks or whatever and you get into his VIP channel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And – Now, admittedly, there's only, like, you know, 50 or so people in the VIP channel. I mean, this guy is not... PewDiePie or, well, thank goodness he's not, but you know what I mean? You know, he's not the bit. you know, it's not, he's not making millions doing this. This is not his day job. So it's this relatively small group, but like some of those people are very familiar with him mm-hmm. that clearly do not know him to the point where it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of awkward where it's like, Hey, right. what about this? What about this? Can you help me make this decision? What about this talent? What do I, and on some level he's providing a service you know in this case he's there to the vip's to answer questions and stuff like that but you know the idea that okay I sub. I used my Twitch sub, or my Twitch Prime sub, uh, or my Amazon Gaming sub, which you know most kids are certainly capable of doing. Because you know, if I was a teenager, I could have gotten my parents to let me do that. Um, but that doesn't buy you forever access, right? Like it gives you some. E- what it really does is it gives you some funny emotes and extra channel points to play mm-hmm. around. Um, and so I think I, I think you're right. I mean, of course you're right. But I agree with you <laughs> that um, the idea of you know, there's no reason to stop it because these yeah. relationships are normal. But I think there's something yeah. he said about being like, hey, dude, how are you behaving in this streamer's Discord? Like, are yeah. you being cool? Like, are yeah. you, or are you being a problem? Because I think that's the problem is not necessarily liking someone. So, I mean, listen, I like Rob Gronkowski. <sighs> There's, you know, like I wish I it, could party with Rob Gronkowski, but I can't. But he's not like my bro. You know, but it's, right.
2: it's over-familiarity. Your IGN story was the perfect example. Like whether, like that's not how you meant it when you when you talked to him. That that might have been how he perceived it, right? It's an over-familiarity.
0: Yeah. I would yeah. never have done that if it was just a stranger. Of course, no. But what? because I hear his voice every week, right. You know, I would have never done that, especially you know, especially you guys know me. Like it takes me a while to ramp up to that kind of level of personal question. Um, you know, so um and and it's a natural like it, it's just it just popped out and I regretted it and I've and I forgot about it until I watched that panel and then it was like reliving that embarrassing moment oh. from childhood. You know? Um it's okay, you didn't do it on purpose. So <laughs> Um, so that I think, Linda, did you have any other questions for the good doctor? Because I think not specific
1: questions. No, I just want to circle back to what you're saying with the IGN um, gentleman. No, but I think that's another piece of it, though, is knowing. About these boundaries that we may not be thinking about at the onset, just yes. p- kind of being more aware. And so, you know, and that's the thing maybe to bring to the, the, your children to try mm-hmm. to guide them along is that you need to be aware and you may misstep. We do in social situations all the time. And it's learning to reflect and do better. I mean, Uh, that's kind of a phrase I use in school all the time. Let's do better. Perfect, Linda. That's the perfect way to put it. Yep. Of course. You know. That's why
0: one of the reasons why Linda's around (laughs) is she's good at putting that stuff. I think another thing, and this is my last – this I think would be my last point, and then we'll let uh, the good doctor wrap it up, um, I'm sure, brilliantly as usual. But I think another piece is – a lot of the places where we're interacting with these people, we're not alone, right? So, mm-hmm. like, um, when I'm in your Twitch chat, on you know, when you're streaming on take this dot you know, take this um, dot org's Twitch channel, right? Like, you and I are not having a one-on-one conversation. We're not having a coffee at PAX. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'm talking to you, and I may say something to you, but 15 people will see. What I said and other people may respond. And so for that level of familiarity might be might encourage someone to say, like, I live in Connecticut or, you know, divulging some of that information that other people might see, because I'll be honest, you know, a streamer. I am probably not concerned as much as I am about random strangers, about them, you know, kind of hunting down your personal information and trying to do something mm-hmm. inappropriate. They're there. They have a job to do. Right. Whether it be mm-hmm. their full time job or just a side gig or just something they do for fun. Um, but we have no idea what those strangers are in the chat are going to do or what they mm-hmm. care about right. or what they're seeing. And so I think. Being aware of that familiarity and being remember, like, you know what, you're just a screen name to them. So why don't you just do that? Right. Like you Mm -hmm. can just be, you know, waffle chicken 9000 or whatever and Mm -hmm. whatever the heck you decide to be. And then that's your name. And you don't need to get into more detail because the streamer really doesn't care. I mean, they care air quotes but they don't need to know more information uh just because you feel really close to them you know um and and this came up in the panel and this is something that i had never thought of and it made me really more aware of it is like i don't know their first name like i know it but like i should call them by their handle and not their name yes which is something that i had honestly never really thought about now admittedly the only streamers that i really communicate with because normally i'm a very passive stream watcher you know i don't participate in chats very often they are literally people who i know like amanda Farrow, the princess of power or you know i she and i i've been to her home so it's a little different um or you know you you know when i when i'm in your streams so it is obviously different for me but um you know for people you know when i go see critical bard um Mm -hmm. you know i don't know who he is outside of so you know calling him cb because that's what his name is like that's more appropriate so right. that has been um so i think that's certainly something we can keep track of right you know mm-hmm. dan tdm is dan tdm not daniel or whatever yeah right, right.
2: So it's about like awareness, just awareness of boundaries. Exactly. And how you act in social situation. And there's a new social situation. To be fair, we didn't, you know, streaming, we didn't have streaming 10 years ago or it wasn't as popular as it is today yeah. for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just being important of what are the new social norms in this space and how should we be interacting with the with the characters in this space? And just be aware that, yeah, the, the relationships are not reciprocal.
0: Great. We did it, guys.
2: We did. This is so interesting.
0: (laughs) Episode two hundred and fifty-five is in the
1: books.
0: I know, right? I mean, uh, it's—they haven't canceled this yet. So although I got to stop making that joke because like that word has taken on a whole new meaning. So I guess I got to I guess I'll have to come up with a new bit or I'll just need to stop using self-deprecating humor. Uh, good luck But you with won't because that. <laughs> yeah, that's your bit. That. <laughs> good luck with that, everybody. <laughs> so, everyone, thank you for listening to episode 255 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk all about video games. And boy, do I have a video game to tell all of y'all about. <sighs> Uh, I've, I've played an inordinate <laughs> amount of time into this game, so we'll talk about it next week. That's a little—that's we in the radio biz like to call it tease. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed recording, Linda. It's always a pleasure. It, it, it'll be nice to actually see you in person sometime soon, Doctor Coward. I, I, I'd have you on every week if I could, but you are way too busy, and I get it. <laughs> Um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join us and help teach us about parasocial relationships.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So, everybody, see you soon. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.